Okay, well, uh, welcome everybody to yet another edition of Drunk Agile. Um, as always, I am Daniel Picanti, and with me is Sadiq Singh. Sadiq Singh. Um, as is customary, um, we, we start off by talking about what we will be drinking tonight and debating about whether we should pour first or pour after. <laughs> but, you know, we decided yeah. this time to not pour first. Um, I know, Pratik, do you want to go and, and talk about what you're drinking tonight? Sure. Um, I picked a Glendronic cast strength. This is batch seven. Um, it's it's a sherry cask base, Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez casks and no chill filtered 57.9%. Yeah. So bit of a sherry bomb. Yep, somebody's a bit of a, a trend follower because I think I went with the Glendronic last week if, if memory serves. Um, so I went with a Pratik sized bottle here. This is a... Uh, this is a Glen Kinchy. This is a, a bottle that I, 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 once again, I keeping in that theme, I, a, a bottle I bottled myself at the Glen Kinchy Distillery. Um, it's a 2009, so I think it was nine years old at, at the time. 55.2% uh, bourbon cask, as you can probably tell by the, uh, uh, by, by the color. So um, let's pour that. I think, I think folks will eventually notice the sherry and bourbon cast trend here. I don't know. I might even. I, 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 what do you What do you guys think? Should we just kill it off? I think we're going to kill yeah, it I think for tonight. Should. For what we're going to be talking tonight, we're going to need. We're going to need to kill. Yeah, it. that's a, that's so. a good one for tonight. Yeah. Um, well, so Pratik, would you like to introduce our topic for tonight, or shall I? Or no, I, I think you should. Uh, let, let me let me let me let me introduce and then because oh, I, I have I have a feeling you'll do the lion's share of the talking here. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Slanjava. Um, that is good. <laughs> I picked a good one. I picked a good one. Wow, this is really good. So today, uh, well, let's, before we get to today, let's talk about last time. Last time we covered Monte Carlo and how we go about doing Monte Carlo and we have teams throughput available and we know how many stories, work items, whatever you want to call them need to get done uh, or we know which date we want to march to. That's what we talked about last time. This time, since we told you last time what to do, this time we want to talk about what not to do. What are the things that we commonly see being done with Monte Carlo, with the modeling behind Monte Carlo, and some pitfalls you might want to uh, avoid when you, when you uh, go to make a transition towards using something like Monte Carlo. Right. Um, okay, so... Show, show, Go for show. It. Okay, so the, yeah, I think the person I think the first one that's probably on bo both of our minds is this, this concept of of curve fitting. Those of you out there, may, maybe you've heard about curve fitting, maybe you haven't. Um, but if you've done any research on on Monte Carlo, a lot of times um, Monte Carlo methods will suggest that you know you sample from a very specific probability distribution, right? You you try to understand what the distribution of your data is. And you 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 sample from 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 that distribution. So um, a lot of people will take that one step further and say, okay, well, if we have all this historical data, what we want to do is we want to fit that historical data to some specific curve, some specific probability distribution. So yeah. if we have if we have a normal distribution or if we have a Bible or whatever the hell you call it um, distribution, then we can use we can use that probability distribution to do our sampling for us. Um, in terms of run, run, running our simulation. Mm -hmm. um, and there are, are all kinds of problems with that. 
um, that actually really mostly d d derive from just one specific problem. So I don't know if you want to if you want to talk about the one problem that you think, or maybe I can go with the one one problem that I think. Uh, I, I, I can I can I can say what problem that I think, which is oh. which uh, is that we it's it's a very big assumption that we are making that this distribution actually represents a real data. First of all, and, and not to get too mathy on this, our real data is discrete. Distributions are continuous, um, but in any although in you can have you can have discrete distributions, but let's right, let's, right. But let's most of the, there. yeah, exactly. But most of the distributions that that people do curve fitting to, at least curves, are continuous. <laughs> um, and and it's it's not necessarily true. This is the exact same reason why we shy away from averages and standard deviations because those usually assume a normal distribution. Um, yeah. And we can't make that assumption on top of our data, even if we find some very nice fitting distributions. I think, so I, we, we talked about, uh, we've probably talked about the flaw of averages every single time, I don't know, so, yes. so, so why stop now? Um, yeah. But I think it was, I think it's Dr. Sam Savage in the flaw of averages where he, he talks about, you know, those, those, the fancy curves or fancy probability mm -hmm. distributions are, and is it, is it he that says the uh, steam, steam engine era hacks? And I, I, is that, I, is that, I, is that I from Sam like Savage? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll have, we'll have to go look that up. You know, my, yeah. one time when we haven't been drinking, we'll, we'll, we'll go look up that reference, but, but yeah, the, the, the fancy calculus around these probability distributions were, were hacks essentially. Um, because the probability distributions that we see in the, or sorry, the data that we see in the real world is not generated by some distribution, right? right. Your, your data will never fit a given distribution. These things, these distributions are just, they're just mathematical, statistical hacks, um, just to make the math easy, because way back then we didn't have computers, you know, we didn't have mm -hmm. these things to do all these, these calculations for us. So they had to do it by hand. So they came up with these hacks to your data, so there, there's no, you know, probability distribution out there that are, you know, normal distribution that's generating all the data for a normal distribution. It just doesn't happen. Um, and so that's, that's the most, the most thing. And, uh, you know, as you were saying, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much to invalidate the assumptions around whatever curve that you choose. And then once those assumptions are invalidated, which will happen very quickly, then of course the model becomes invalid and your results become invalid. And, and the, the other part of, of what you were saying, which is we didn't have computers to generate, um, to, to, to sample a gen, uh, or do that sampling really fast. Even more, we didn't, we didn't used to have all that data stored anywhere either. We have a plethora of data available. Even when you think you don't have enough data available, we have so much data available that we don't need to resort to the hack of, of, a, of a distribution to sample from. Yeah, we, we, we talk about that a lot. Gen generally speaking, um, you know, a lot of people talk, uh, well, well, are they worried about, oh, we don't have enough data. We don't, you, need, you need so much data to do Monte Carlo. So this is maybe another kind of off on the, <laughs> another thing to watch out for is, number one, you really don't need that much data to, to run a Monte Carlo simulation. You'd be surprised at how little data that you need. Um, uh, but number two, the problem, generally speaking, as you were saying, the problem isn't that you have too little data. Usually the problem is you have way too much data and now we need to make a determination about 
what data is relevant for our simulation because of course you know whatever data we feed in is going to be uh, the largest influencer of what what data comes out so I don't know if you want to say anything more about that but uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't I don't know how much time we want to spend on on curve fitting but that's <laughs> yeah about think, about this much time about, about, that, about, much that, time. <laughs> about that much time that's how much I want to spend but but it's it's uh, as you said earlier it most literature at least uh, most prevalent literature goes towards hey let's let's use some sort of a curve to sample from and and much of that literature descends from uh, older thinking from or, or older techniques when we did not have the availability of all this data so i think i'm hoping we've put enough of a bow on that to say you have the data available use the data itself don't make assumptions on top of the data use the raw data that you have yep. the closer you are to it the fewer assumptions you have made yep 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 your your system generate generated your data a probability distribution did not generate your data so if, if it's your system your process that generated the data by all means use that data um Pratik and I talked to uh, a gentleman by the name of, of, of Dr. Dr. Wheeler. Uh, mm -hmm. well, that was about, about two months ago. Yeah. Um, and he's very, very, very big on this is, you know, the second, the second that you start talking about either fitting your data to a curve or transforming your data to make it, to make it even look better. A lot of people will talk about, well, yeah, first you need to transform your data to be normally distributed and then you'll fit it to a normal distribution, which is like, I don't know, that, that's yeah. just, that's just <laughs> beyond, beyond stupid. Um, but the, set, the second you start getting into that stuff, you lose so much fidelity um, mm -hmm. in, in terms of, of, of what you're trying to do. Don't even bother. You have your data. We have modern computers, these fancy little things <laughs> that will do tremendous things for us. You have your data. Use your data. So yeah. um, I don't know. That was, that was much faster than this. I, <laughs> I was just going to do a shout out to Dr. Wheeler. I mean, he, it, was, it was a real treat talking to him when we did and and if you if you guys are really interested in this stuff please 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 go out and read his stuff uh read the stuff he's written it's it's very very informative right yeah, there doc, yeah dr yeah, dr donald wheeler i mean he, he's not uh, and we should be clear he's not specifically talking about monte carlo per se but he is talking about uh, modern statistical methods um, that we should be, be applying and they have they have very very little to do with those steam engine era hacks. So, okay, so that's, that's number one. Mm -hmm. Number one of what not to do um, with Monte Carlo. Uh, the, the second one I think that was kind of on our, our list is this idea of split rate. Well, so obviously Pratik, <laughs> the more information that we have that we can feed into our model, like we need to know, just because our backlog says 100 stories, we know that those stories are gonna split into, into multiple stories. So we need to look at historical split rate, or we need to look at historical um, arrival rate of, uh, you know, unexpected or unplanned work, or whatever. We obviously we—that's all information that we need to have to feed into our model, right? Yeah, right. In fact, let's 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 attack those separately. Okay. <laughs> split rate and arrival rate separately. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's limit our whip on this thing. Uh, uh, let's first let's let's take split rate. Um, I don't even know where to start with split rate. I do. <laughs> go, go for it. Because 
I'm going to need to get through this. Let me start with kind of an obvious thing. So, I mean, when you start, I don't know, I think, I think when you start thinking about split rate and then you start adding that to your, to your Monte Carlo simulation, you're very quickly starting to answer, to me, the wrong question, right? That's, to me, this is really not what Monte Carlo is meant to be answering. What, what, what a simulation, at least the way that we talk about it, what, what the simulation, that the question that the simulation is trying to answer is either, hey, how many things can we get done by a specific date? Or um, uh, given a certain number of items, how long, what, what date is it going to be before we can get those, those, those number of items done? Um, neither one of those things um, necessarily need to or should speak to this idea of split rate. And the, re the reason I say that, so let, let's take the second one first. And I'm just going to talk for a while so you just enjoy yeah, your, your, I, I your drink. I'm, I'm probably going to have, go through two of these before. <laughs> yeah. So let's take, it, so let's take it to where we have a certain number of items. Let's say we have 100 items. And we're trying to decide, well, okay, these 100 items, what date is that, that going to be done? The way to think about that, it's not, you shouldn't be thinking about, it, thinking about it in terms of, oh, I've got these 100 items in my backlog. I'm going to get all 100 of these things done by this date. That's not what the simulation is telling you. What the simulation is telling you is, if you have a budget of 100 items, right? You, ha you have a budget of 100 items. Um, they will get done by this date. Now you can spend that hundred however you want. You know you can you can split the you know you can split the stuff in your backlog. You can have new stuff arrive. Whatever we, I know we, I know you don't want to talk about any of that. But though that hundred is your budget, and you need to kind of in a just in time in more of a continuous fashion, you know decide the right way that you are going to spend that budget. My and for me the problem with split rate specifically is. To me, when you do story splitting, and we talk a lot about story splitting, mm -hmm. I think story splitting is the secret sauce to make agile, lean, all flow, everything work. You, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have a good way to split uh, the stuff that you're working on, you're kind of you're screwed. But to me, story splitting is all about finding, a, finding out the stuff that you shouldn't do. It's not about finding the stuff you should do. It's about finding the stuff you should not do. So just because we have this story and it splits into four stories, that doesn't mean we're going to work on, I know this is a hot button for you and I'm stealing your thunder, but that doesn't mean we're going to work on all four stories. What that does mean is, hey, this thing was bigger than we thought. We can probably scope it down to this one story. Those other three, let's throw those away. You know, maybe we put them back on the backlog. Maybe we never get to them. I don't know. But I, I, like I said, I stole all your thunder. So you, you jump in. Yeah, uh, That's fine. Because I think there's one thing at least that you didn't mention, which I get to mention. Okay, cool. um, because for me, split rate has two big problems. There are other problems, but two big problems. One is the one that you were already talking about, which is we don't want to hide prioritization decisions behind split rate. We want to be explicit about prioritization decisions. Okay, but say, okay, there, there's a lot in that statement. <laughs> yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit? How, how am I hiding prioritization behind a split rate? How, so how am I doing let's that? Say, let's say that I'm saying that my split rate is two. Every story splits into two. I, I know that happens historically. Rather than uh, saying that, I, and I have, I have through Monte Carlo determined that I am comfortable planning for 100 stories. I have an 80% confidence, which is the level of risk I want to take, that I can get 100 things done. At that point, saying that I'm going to plan for 50 stories because I'm going to split these is saying that these 50 and their splits are the highest priorities as opposed to saying 
that I'm gonna plan for 100 items and when they split, I'm going to make the prioritization decision of is the new split more important to keep here rather than throw, throw out and, uh, and, and bring something else in or, or, or just expose the, that, that problem that we had initially. Yeah, of not having made the right priorities. So. That's hugely important. I hope yeah. I hope people are understanding what you're saying because that is that is that is hugely important. You're right. We're making. It doesn't all usually happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wait. We 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 got some doozies coming up. Right. The couple, next couple next couple of podcasts we're going to do or whatever these are. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, keep keep going. But if yeah, if, that, if you that, didn't follow what Pratik said, go back and rewind because I know you're listening to this at yeah. five times speed or whatever. Go back and listen to. Um, hiding, hiding prioritization decisions behind split rate because that's key. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so that, that's problem number one for me, which is hiding prioritization decisions behind split rate. And problem two is the same problem we had with the curve fitting, which is you're adding another assumption into the equation that the rate at which we have been splitting in the past is the rate at which we'll be splitting in the future. That the work that, that's coming up is of similar complexity, if you want to use that word, as the one before. We've already made an assumption when we have started making using Monte Carlo to say, we'll be able to keep our throughput stable. We have made that assumption through, through operating a stable system, which is for another day, we're supposed to drink every time we say another day. <laughs> through operating a stable system, we'll be able to create stable throughput and hence uh, come to a point where Monte Carlo or past can, can um, represent the future. That's assumption one that we have made. Now we're adding an assumption of we'll also be splitting things at the same rate. Yeah. You just, you, actually, you know, as fast, I hadn't thought about this before, um, but you just made me think split rate is classic flaw of averages thinking, right? It's yeah. Because what, what we're assuming is of the time. Yeah, that, yeah, that split rate that you the split rate that you calculated is probably an average, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not probably. I'm sure it is. Most likely. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it is. Your average, you know. And so now, <laughs> now we're building an, uh, yet another to your point, now we're building another assumption into a Monte Carlo simulation that's based on an average, which is which yeah. which brings us into flaw of averages, you know, ter territory. So it's, it's, uh, maybe it should be every time we mention flaw of averages, we take a drink. Yeah, but it really <laughs> is. I mean, I, I, everything, honestly, everything does come. We, we, we should do a whole, uh, again, take a drink. We should do a whole <laughs> podcast. I don't know if we've, if we've talked about this before, but a whole podcast about how numbers are being reported for this COVID-19. Yeah, for COVID, yep, absolutely. For those of you we in talked the, about that a couple of times ago, yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're in the future, we're still kind of in the midst of this, this, this pandemic that is, is COVID-19. Um, and just just the math around the whole thing, how numbers are being reported, is just it's just it's just so bad. Um, but yes, yes, we're 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 throwing we're throwing an assumption, you know, on top of an assumption on top of an assumption that's that's probably going to be false and and invalid, potentially as much if not more than fifty percent of the time. Yeah, and 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 what's 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 interesting with that is we try to move away from the flaw of averages by ditching <laughs> our average single line forecasting. And we kind of bring that element back in. Now, again, the, the, to me, the math is important, but it's probably still not as important as that point number one of, we don't want to hide the prioritization decisions. We want to make those explicit. Right. And, and to me, and we, point number one overrides point number two, but point number two is important as well. 
And we, we should talk about maybe we should talk about that maybe just just for a little bit. And, you know, because something else we're talking about when hiding that prioritization decision, you know, if if we have 10 stories that we're working on and we're working priority one mm -hmm. and that priority one gets split into four stories, like I was talking before. Now we have, as everybody probably figured out, we have a prioritization decision that we have to make. Those, yeah. those, that, that number one priority gets split into four stories. And as I mentioned before, splitting stories is really about finding about what you shouldn't be doing. So now we need to take a look at those four stories. Are those four stories, are they all number ones? Which I think is what happens in probably most contexts, right? Yeah. You split it and then of course, well, everything's a number one. Well, no, not no, really. that, that, that's, yeah. that's not true because our Monte Carlo has told us we have a budget of these number of stories. If you want to split, if you want to spend that hundred dollars, if you hundred dollars, if you want to spend <laughs> that hundred story budget on those four, by all means do it. But then that means that there's another four that you're probably not going to get. Right. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, just just. I think I think that the scale of the numbers makes it really interesting. Like if you if you have a budget of ten stories and you're gonna say I'm gonna plan for only two because my split rate is five. Um, at that point, when 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 both of them split, and they become ten eventually, let's say magically you are right and they become ten. At that point, not all ten of them are as important or more important than that priority number three that you threw out right at the beginning, because you assume that you know because I have a split rate of of five, I can only think about these first two things. Right. Right. So, okay, we, yeah, we've probably, we've probably beaten that one. Um, so don't, do not, do not, do not. I, we, we should never really say with 100% certainty, do not yeah, do something. I, but generally speaking, I would argue split rate, in, incorporating split rate into your Monte Carlo simulations is an, is an anti-pattern for, for all the reasons yeah. that, that, that we, just, we just talked about. I mean, there, um, there might be some information hidden, hidden in there that yep. we haven't exposed or we haven't encountered yet. There might be some validity to say, let's look at a regular forecast and then let's look at a split rate forecast and see what might happen if these things happen. I don't know. I have never tried to explore that. Yeah, but, but remember, I mean, uh, I keep coming back to, it's all about risk management. It's all mm -hmm. about risk management. And so if, if, if you've run a Monte Carlo simulation not using split rate, and it turns out that your stories are bigger than what you thought and you know, the you know, requirements are ballooning or whatever, well, this is, this is where continuous forecasting, in my opinion, anyway, continuous mm -hmm. forecasting comes and saves the day. Because remember, we're not just running one forecast. We're running multiple. We're running them, hopefully, continuously. As we get that new information, you know, we, nece we don't maybe necessarily need that split rate. That split rate could be kind of built into the model itself. So, okay, yeah, that's we, enough. We, we, Sorry, go ahead. We, go didn't, ahead. Get, we didn't get enough to, into continuous forecasting last time. So we might, <sighs> we might have to, well, we'll, we'll we might have to talk about that if we have time today. We'll talk about that today. So many, so many, so yeah. many, so, so many things to talk about. Of course, you yeah. know, ten weeks from now, we're going to be like, oh wait, what do we talk about now? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so um, this arrival rate thing, you kind of, you, you kind of said, well, let's let's talk about the arrival rate thing later. Well, uh, what what, you what about said, you said you said split your story, so I split that out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, he's 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 getting me back for the critique joke. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, what 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 a critique? What about unplanned work? What about this this new stuff that just shows up? What about you know what about all all of this? Don't don't yeah. don't we need to know about about that in terms of incorporating it's, that into our model? I, I said let's split it up, but now I'm gonna say pre see previous section. 
<laughs> okay. I'm not one to say I told you so. I'm not one to say I told you so, but they're all kind of, they're kind of the same. But it's, 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 while there are two different things that you're doing to your forecast, they're hiding at least this, those two same problems. Uh, problem number one, that you are, um, you're making prioritization decisions way too early by saying that, oh, this stuff is going to come in. So, you know, I can't make that other prioritization decision. Um, and then the second problem, obviously, is you're adding another assumption to your forecast. And as you mentioned earlier, it could again be pulling us back into the, the flaw of averages thing. So the same, the same two things that plagued us with the split rate forecasting, I believe, are still valid for, for arrival rate forecasting. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, absolutely. It's, 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 it's really going to be, it's, it's going to come down, when we talk about what not to do, it's really going to come down to trying to figure out what's, what's the simplest model um, that we, we can use um, that is going to give us an, as accurate an answer as possible with as little effort as possible. Mm -hmm. And the second that we start piling assumptions on top of assumptions on top of assumptions, that's where we're going to get in trouble. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of like traditional project planning, right? I mean, we're going to spend all of our time updating mm -hmm. the plan, updating the model, updating was like, Oh wait, there's, there's this other little bit of complexity that we need to add in. And that'll give us, you know, at some point, you know, where, you know, we, we, we tweak the model beyond all, all usability. So generally speaking, if we can put a blanket statement around that, don't, don't do that. If you're adding complexity to your, to your model, you're probably not, you're probably doing yourself a disservice um, rather than helping your cause at all. Yeah, and, and, and going back to the theme of what not to do, these, these, at least these three things that we've talked about, um, curve fitting, split rate, and arrival rate, um, the, what, the, the thing that they're trying to compensate for, in my opinion, is, the, is that we are not running our forecasts often enough. Mm -hmm. And and this is where I'm going to drive this into continuous forecasting. If you are forecasting, as soon as you get new information, if you're re-forecasting, as soon as you get new information, you wouldn't need to do those things. Or you would have to rely on those things a lot less. If you're not doing that, and if you're doing your forecast at the beginning of the release slash, slash project right there, and then going, this is the plan, then you will probably be attracted more towards those other assumptions that muddy your forecast. Yeah, and if, if you're familiar with Monte Carlo uh, simulation and you are doing Monte Carlo simulation, then you have absolutely, in my opinion again, you have absolutely no excuse to not do continuous forecasting because you understand what we're trying to do. You understand how model works. You understand how Monte Carlo simulation works. You see how easy it is. You see we have these fancy things called, called computers that really probably usually all you have to do is push a button and it, it turns out a simulation. So you, you, you have really no excuse if, if you're heading down the Monte Carlo path to not do continuous forecasting, to not leverage that. Can you, can you dive a little more into what you mean when you say continuous forecasting? No. Maybe with some yes. examples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think we 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 did talk about this a little bit last time. We're we're, we're going to have to do some fancy editing on the on the last video, but we yeah. we, we got it. We got into it um, a little bit, and that is, when we talk about continuous forecasting. It's whenever we get new information, um, 
it should at least be a trigger or a question about whether we rerun the model. And that new information could be things like, um, oh, hey, we got some stories done. You know, our, our, through, our throughput has changed. We got, we got more throughput data. Well, let's take that, that newest, latest throughput data let's, and, and let's incorporate it into our model. Let's run the simulation and see what happens. You're probably getting new data. Are you pouring yourself some more? I see that's the yes, second I class. I don't have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm almost out. <laughs> You're talking about continuous yeah. forecasting. I need to. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, now I don't even know what I, what I was talking about. So uh, when you a trigger for conversation, trigger for rerunning the Monte Carlo simulation. Yeah, you should at least you should at least consider it when we because chances are if you're doing these agile methodologies, chances are you are getting new information every single day, and that new information comes in the form of, you know, um, like I said, you know, other stories getting done, throughput rate. This, the it could come um, from the perspective of, like we said, new work has showed up. It could come from the perspective of. We've, we've split, we thought we had 100 items that we're working on, but now it looks like we have 120 items we're working on, right? Any of that stuff could be new information that we should be feeding into our, into our model and rerunning it and rerun it immediately, uh, you know, the, the second we get it, right? essentially, continuously. Um, did you want to say some more about continuous forecasting? Well, that's, that's uh, uh, the, the good thing, the positive thing is increasingly we're getting exposed to more and more continuous forecasting. As, as, as consumers, as, uh, as users of apps, you know, we talked about the Google Maps example mm-hmm. a couple of times ago. We, um, even Amazon is doing it these days. They, they'll forecast it and then they'll, if you, if you check your order history a couple of days later, they'll re-forecast it. Now, right. we, I know we said on Saturday, but you know what? It's getting here today. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they'll do this continuous re-forecasting. So your customers are getting used to it through other sources already. Well, and all the COVID-19 stuff, right? As, as they yeah. do more testing, you know, as they get more hospitalizations, you know, God forbid, hopefully mm-hmm. your loved ones are safe, but you know, as, as we get that data, right? It, it's, it would be silly to say, oh, you know, we've done all this testing, but we're gonna ignore all that. I mean, don't, don't pull a Florida, right? <laughs> and say, <laughs> we're just gonna ignore that data. We're not, we're not, gonna, we're gonna, not gonna treat it as true, but it, w- it would be silly that- in, 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 in general sense, in, a, in general terms, just never pull a Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of what that is, don't. That's fair. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a Florida. So, yeah. by the way, uh, curve fitting, um, split rate, arrival rate, th- those are all pulling a Florida, by the way. Pulling a Florida. Yeah. Just don't pull a Florida. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. It, except, except if you're trying to forecast hurricanes. For, yeah, and, and, and we, should, we should probably post a link. If we ever figure out how to put this stuff on YouTube and never forget to have a post a link, <laughs> Yeah. Um, there, there's a talk that, that um, Pratik and I developed around hurricane forecasting, and, and they 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 have almost perfected the concept of continuous forecasting. Right? They're they're always always getting new information, incorporating in their models, and updating their forecasts based on on how hurricanes. Speaking of which, so it's 2020, and we've already got it's June something, June 3rd, Second. and there are there have already been three yeah. named storms this season. So. We're, we're, it's yeah, going to be it's, a very, very active forecasting season. For which, is, which, is, which is interesting because they, they, they do actually a couple of levels of forecasting, which, which we will probably get into next time. Uh, when, when the National Hurricane Center tries to forecast, when NOAA tries to forecast, uh, they, they do two levels of forecasting. They first forecast um, how many hurricanes, how many named storms, and how many uh, severe storms there will be in the season. 
and then when they get down to each storm itself, they, they try to forecast regularly what the path of that storm will be. Yep. So they're, they're definitely, they, 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 have, they, have, they have a lot of data, a lot of models, and they've definitely spent a good amount of time um, trying to figure out how to predict hurricanes. And, and we, it should be noted that they're, they're very good at it. I mean, yeah. I, know, I know a lot of people like to make fun of weather forecasting, but the, the hurricane forecasting that we have here is, in my humble opinion, exceptional. I mean, the, uh, given the complexity, given the scale and complexity of the problem, you know, that they're trying to solve is they, they just do a, a remarkable job, I think. And it, every it's year- It's probably because better. it's not all done out of Florida. And, and it's probably because they're not story splitting and they're not worrying about- <laughs> no, they're, not, they're not accounting for the hurricane to split. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many times has this, this hurricane split into two or more in the past? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that's actually a good blog post. Um, all right. So I, is there anything else before? Because I, I do want to transition transition into what we're going to talk about next week. But is there anything else that we should mention, we should warn people about in terms of, what, hey, watch out for this. When you're doing Monte Carlo simulation, watch out for yeah. this thing. I, I, I think, I think you, you had sort of summed it up earlier, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just rephrase it. Yeah. That start with as simple a model as possible that gives you the best results. If that really, really simple model is not giving you the best results, find out the smallest thing you need to tweak to that model. You don't need to start with a complicated curve fitting, split rate plus arrival rate model. Let's start simple and, and watch the results and see how well we're doing before we go to the extreme stuff. In, in other words, be agile with your modeling. Wait, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> what, you mean this stuff has applicability? Yeah. Wait a minute, I mean, eat our own dog food? It's, it's it, you, the, the last thing you just said, um, not, I don't know how much time we should spend on it here or ever, but at some point, maybe we should talk about all the, all the simulations you played around with, with different complexities, yeah. things like um, always sampling weekdays from weekdays and weekends from weekends, or always sampling Mondays from Mondays, yeah, from and Mondays, always sampling yeah. Tuesdays from Tuesdays, right? And you, you played around with all these, yeah, these different complexities. We did Markov chain Monte Yeah, Markov chain Monte Carlo. Five yeah. different kinds of Markov chain Monte Carlo. And, yeah. and what we found, and largely, largely speaking, in the end, it, yeah. it usually didn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the approach. That, there, I mean, there, and, there were definitely some cases where it mattered, but for majority of the cases, yep. it really didn't matter. Yeah, and and those, those cases were very, very, I, I, if I remember correctly, very, very, very specific, very, very, very unique. Yeah, yeah. But, it, was, it, was, it was cases when teams were really batching stuff Yep. a lot or cases where towards the end of a release all you had left were weekdays as opposed yep. to yeah. so essentially all the things you shouldn't be doing anyway <laughs> that that's when that's when modeling <laughs> breaks <laughs> yeah. go, go figure <laughs> right um so yeah but but i mean i think what 80 90 percent of the cases yeah the simplest model always won out i shouldn't say always won out but usually gave as good an answer with as little effort so um Okay, so let's 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 transition. Given given that everybody out there in TV land is all experts in Monte Carlo simulation, what to do and what not to do, um, there is kind of one more layer of complexity that we haven't considered that we maybe need to consider, um, and that is this idea of. Um, and now that I've had too much whiskey, I don't know that I'm going to be able to say it concisely. Um, you know, say that we're trying to forecast how many 
features that we can get out. So we're forecasting at a higher level, you know, where, where features break down into stories or epics break down into stories or whatever. We're trying to forecast how many features we can get done or how many epics we can get done. And again, without naming any names, there are some tools out there that can, can help you with this. And they can say, oh, well, you, you just put in all these features, um, how many stories you think is associated with each feature, and we'll split out, and we'll spit out um, you know, kind of a confidence with you know, your ability to get, get, these, get, get these features done. Um, if I explain that properly, I don't know. So Pratik, can you, without, without getting too much into the answer, can you explain, can you talk about what we're gonna talk about next week why there are some nuances, some subtleties, or maybe some not so subtleties that you'll need to watch out for in that situation. Yeah, just, just as we've been talking about Monte Carlo in general of, 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 for the past couple of these episodes, um, there are things that you want to do and there are things that you don't want to do. And uh, this becomes even more important for teams that are actually delivering to their customers at the feature level. Because teams and products and organizations that live, most of them tend to deliver at the feature level rather than the story level. Forecasting features is, 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 is much more of a hot item than forecasting stories. And there are the things that we um, really value at the story level, which is right-sizing stuff and limiting whip on the story level. That's what creates something that's stable at the story level. We want to talk about those things at the feature level as well when we get into forecasting on the feature level as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And all the things we talked about in this one, you know, like how, how split rate, uh, how splitting things up can affect prioritization decisions and just risk management in general. And what levers do we have to pull, uh, you know, in terms of affecting our confidence, you know, in the model or our confidence in the forecast. So that's, that's all for next time. Hopefully you will tune in. But, you know, um, as always, I like to give my, my friend and colleague, Pratik, the last word. What would you, what would you like to say to kind of to bring this episode to a close? Well, yeah, don't, don't uh, to, to, the, the primary point, I think, uh, two primary points. One, don't, del don't uh, assume prioritization, uh, delay prioritization as much as you can. Uh, and two, don't add assumptions to things that, are already built on assumptions and don't create, don't have turtles that go all the way down. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't create complexity where, where it's not yeah. needed, right? Yeah. And, and, and I did, did, we haven't done this yet and she has been there in every, every episode that we've done. <laughs> but that's Nisha and she's, she's the third one on this, on this uh, webcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it at all times. She's yep. always here. That's, 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 what, that's what most people look like when Pratik and I start talking. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. She's definitely, Nisha's definitely our muse. Uh, she's <laughs> like, oh my God, shut up. I'm trying to yeah. say Yeah, she's um, like, you're embarrassing me, dad. All right, so, okay. So thank you for joining us for, for this, this week of, of Drunk Agile. Um, you know, like I said, uh, my, my name is Daniel Picanti, uh, and then for, for Pratik, Singh, Pratik Singh as well. Um, we'll see you in the next episode. Have a good Bye. week. Bye. See you then.